WABC. Boy. This is Sit and Friends in the Morning. Friends, how many of us have them? Friends. 77 WABC. Christine McVie. Happy birthday, Christine. She would have been 80 today. She did die last year. Fleetwood Mac at 910. I want to send a special shout-out. My buddy Frankie Kravitz, a good friend of the family at this point, Danielle, too. Great jeweler out on Staten Island. His daughter, Kimberly, who's a huge fan of the show. Lovely girl, big TV star. News 12 out there in New Jersey. Does a really good job, Kimberly, on TV. Today is Kimberly's birthday. So happy birthday, to Kimberly Kravitz from all of us here on Sid and Friends in the Morning. And before I get to Charlie Gasparino and my daughter Ava coming up, we have uh, an intern here today. And uh, Elena, that's your name, right? Yes, yes, it is. And you become now the second intern to hop on. Carly's been on before. She's going to Syracuse. Yes. Uh, last year we interviewed, we interviewed all of them, I think, Emily and Claire Bedley and all of them. But uh, what I found interesting was where you're going to college, which is? Rice University. Which I believe is in Houston, Texas. Houston, yes. And you don't know, Lou, who went to Rice in all lives? A name we heard almost every day? Oh, uh, the kid, that, his kid. Come on. Wyatt. Wyatt Imus. Yeah, okay. Rice every well, day. It's irrelevant. No, <laughs> not for her. She's going to Rice. Well, I'm, I'm Do you know who Wyatt me. Imus is? Is it George Imus' son? Whose son? Or so. No, did you say no, George Imus? No, it doesn't matter. She no, 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 want to hear Talk to me, not the no. host. Look at me, I'm the host. Uh, whose son? <laughs> I, someone mentioned, like, Imus, so I assume yes. it's his no, son. It is his son. Yeah. But what, what was the first name you mentioned for Imus? Probably not George? the name I said. <laughs> yeah. It was Don Imus. Oh, okay. He's, but he's like Christine McVie. You know what that is? Dead. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Don and Deirdre Imus. So when you go to Rice... Mm-hmm. Tell them that you're like Wyatt's cousin or something. <laughs> You'll probably get all kinds of great treatment. No, you maybe you won't. You won't? Do you like the rodeo? <laughs> rodeo is big in Texas. <laughs> I know, it's very big. It, seriously? Do you care about that type of stuff? Or? I mean, I think, like, growing up on the East Coast, it's definitely a different change, but I'm, you know, I want to try something new. It's a great school. Yeah. What, what are you going for? This? This, but then I might also do some, like, business or finance. On you side. do? Okay. Yeah. Well, it's a terrific university. When do you start? August 12th. Oh, congratulations. So, very soon. You buy a gun yet? <laughs> Everybody in Texas owns a gun, sometimes two or three. I know, I know, but... You think you'll be okay in, the, in I, college? I think, like, the, the neighborhood that the school is in is oh, it's very a beautiful safe. Isn't it Waco? So Not Waco. Um, no, in Houston. It's in Houston. That's yeah. right. What school's in Waco? A and Is it A&M? Texas A&M, maybe? Isn't that in College Station? 
Yeah, you're right. It is yeah. college. Very good. Very good. The Aggies. She's ready already. So. Yeah. So one of them is in Waco, one of the schools. TCU maybe. I don't know. Um, Texas Branch Christian. Davidian University. Which one? The Branch Davidian University. <laughs> yeah, right. That one with David Correct. <laughs> well, listen, good luck to you. Thank and, you. And uh, you've been doing a great job. And I like the fact that you sit and watch me every day. I mean, it's – I'll tell you the reason why. Because I'm the best. <laughs> That's why. That too. That too. Right. But I did like – one of the reasons I did this internship was I spent – I told Lou and Justin, but in – I'm currently on a gap year, so I graduated last oh, year. Gotcha. And then I spent three months in South Africa. I actually interned at a radio station. In South Africa? In Cape in Town, South Africa. Cape, Cape Town. Cape Town. Yeah. So there it was like a gap year internship program, and my placement was at a local radio station. So every day I was like doing what you did, but at like obviously a lower scale. Sure. You know, starting out there and – having local listeners and interviewing people. And, like, my, awesome. my second day, they were like, you should just do an interview. So they just, like, put me on the spot five minutes before the interview, and I had to do the interview as if I had been working there for, like, months and months and months. Awesome. And then from there, I had, was hosting a show with my boss every single day for, like, three months. So that's why I enjoyed watching you, and I enjoy, like, seeing this because it reminds me of that, but then also, like, how I can – Improve and like how to improve interviewing. No, how to like, improve. But, yeah. uh, thank you for that. But it sounds like you're through a tremendous start. That's a great <laughs> Cape Town, South Africa. Now you're at WABC going to Rice. I expect huge things. <laughs> huge. <laughs> what did they talk? What did you talk about? I mean, it was like a little bit of everything. I think my favorite thing was like interviewing locals there. So there was like a local artist, a local politician, or uh, owner of a local nonprofit or local business. So you just learn a lot about the culture there, the people there. It's a beautiful And honestly, too, I love, right? yeah, it was yeah. beautiful. So like yeah. I was working half the time there, but then just hiking, surfing on a oh, safari all you. the time. What so. a life. Good for you. <laughs> well, it's good to see you. i got to get to Charlie Gasp. We're not talking about business, but uh, you sound like you're, uh, you're a very, very bright young lady. You're on the right course, and we wish you nothing but the best of luck. Congratulations. Thank you. I appreciate you're it. You're welcome. Joe Nolan uh, tells me he's right. Baylor is in Waco, Texas. Great school, Baylor. Uh, let's get to uh, one of the talk about business, as good as it gets, a genius mind over at Fox Business, Fox News, a dear friend of mine, the great Charlie Gasparino. Good morning, Charlie. How you doing, Sid? I'm doing very, very I really enjoyed uh, your last column, and I actually went to, to uh, Justin. I said, get Charlie on. And uh, it reads like this. It was in the Post, July the 9th. Biden's word salad explanation of his economic plan kowtows to Teamsters. And I will tell you that I did watch Chuck Todd and Meet the Press on Sunday. I never do, never. And all they talked about was this, and relentlessly, by the way, how well Bidenomics is doing, how his economic plan, although although slow, is improving and the country is looking the right way in terms of the economy. What are your thoughts on all of this, Charlie? Well, I, I mean, listen, I, I don't know Chuck Todd. I, I don't know what his background is in economics. Uh, I mean, he should be able to repulse because that's what he does, right? Yeah. Uh, I, I, average Americans are not being brainwashed by my columns in the Post saying that Bidenomics is not, you know, not what it what it what it's been built up to be. Average, you know, I, I look at, you know, there, there are what two hundred. How big is that? How many people vote out there? About 100 million voters. They're not all watching Fox News, right? And, you know, when you take polls of people, they say they feel worse off than they have in the past. They believe inflation is still eating into their paychecks. They feel like they have to work more and get less. 
Uh, we, we, you know, we had some good news today. There's a there's a lower CPI number, but you know, it's still above the, the Fed's target. Yeah, but, but I got to stop you right there because you mentioned inflation, and they went. They said ten times on Sunday. It was eight percent. Now it's four percent. They talked about great job numbers in the month of June. So, yeah, inflation is still an issue, but they've said they've dramatically whacked it. Now, what they left out, of course, is in doing that, they've raised interest rates and basically ruined that whole market. But those numbers, for their defense, they are down. Well, I mean, you know, it's like saying, I mean, listen, 20% is better than 10%, but 10% still allows them, right? I mean, 4% is still pretty bad. 3% ain't great. This is much higher than we've ever had, and it, you know, and it affects different parts of the economy. So, Again, my, my, my broader point is that if things were so great, people, you know, people are not brainwashed by by right wingers like, you know, allegedly I'm not really a right winger. I don't know what I am, but people like me, OK, that are that are, that are being uh, left in Pollyannish about Joe Biden's record. So, you know, they have to answer to that. And that's the problem with Bidenomics. And you could tell by the way it's carried out by, the you know, Sid, is that it does pick winners and losers. And, you know, he's he's. He's basically arm in arm with the Teamsters, who are doing something really sort of irrational with this company Yellow. They they're essentially Yellow wants some minor concessions from them, not even like you know wage givebacks or anything like that. They want basically some Teamster workers to you know uh, you know uh, load some trucks up at 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 the at the depots when they before they go out with their load. Teamsters are looking at that as like some sort of a huge thing that it's going to cannibalize their workforce. And this guy, Sean O'Brien, is basically playing with fire. And if, the, if, if they don't agree to some concessions, this company's probably going to go out of business. If you know it, it's business model, it's a tough business model. And, you know, what? what's his bigger aim, though? He's, he's obviously going after Amazon. He wants them to be unionized. He wants... He wants um, he wants to go. He wants more concessions out of UPS. I want to say one thing. I come from a union household. My old man was a union iron worker. And here's a little thing about trucking. I unloaded UPS trucks because I lived when I I lived in Yorktown Heights when I was a kid. I lived in kind of a working class area. The UPS plant was behind my house. That was my job as a city <laughs> yeah. during the summer. So I know a lot about this company. I know a lot about the Teamsters. I have friends who are Teamsters. So it kind of I'm kind of torn here. But the Teamsters work rules. If you're a company that's you know on the verge and you have to deal with the Teamsters, you're because of these work rules, you're you're probably going out of business. And I think that's where and and Joe Biden is right behind it, as if he doesn't even understand yeah. that thirty thousand jobs could be you know could be dusted on something stupid because yeah. he's it's an election year and he wants to he wants to be cool with the Teamsters. So right, right. I mean, I understand that. I get that. Uh, uh, right to be cool with the Teamsters on election year, I get that. And, and you know, talking about jobs and, and thirty thousand jobs, and they never say this. So when uh, these uh, weekend shows on Sunday, these liberal shows. Uh, are going nuts over these uh, June numbers and the job numbers, they always leave out that because we're still not really past the COVID issue, there's a lot of jobs that are just coming back because of COVID. He's not creating jobs. He's putting people back to work who lefties took out of work in the first place. Yeah, I mean, some of this is just is just like these are laid into it non-sequiturs where – you know, the premise and the, the result doesn't match up to the premise. Is it an illogic here? I mean, look at it this way. We didn't need the amount of spending that we had. And Trump probably spent too much. And he was too profligate with interest, you know, pushing Jerome Powell to keep interest rates too low. 
I mean, he set the stage in many ways for, for some of the, the inflation we have. But Joe Biden, you know, threw not just gasoline on the fire. He threw, you know, barrels of gasoline <laughs> on the fire. So he, what he did was we were coming out of this whole thing. We had, a, we had a, you know, COVID was waning. I mean, it was fits and starts. But by 2020, by the time Joe Biden took over in 2021, we had a semi-effective vaccine. Things were going to be open, fits and starts. I get it. People were spending. We were clearly not in a recession. You know, things were going positively. Did, didn't and we get a did, and didn't we get a really good like GDP number from Trump before he left? Absolutely. I mean, you know, he pumped up the economy too. You know, now he probably shouldn't have spent as much, but that's a whole. Other but story. that's every president. Who was it? Give me a president that didn't spend. I mean, God, look at Obama before him. That was a mess. Well, if you're compla- comparing to, to Obama, you're comparing to a, a socialist <laughs> right? I know, I know. organizer. I know. But anyway, um, my my point is that Joe Biden made made the situation basically sealed the fate of this economy being this weird thing where you have lots of job growth theoretically, a very low unemployment. People think it sucks. I mean, right? And they think it sucks because of inflation and a lot of other stuff. And so um, that all on him. The, the the liberal media just doesn't want to like look at numbers. And no, they don't, they don't want to admit that you know things when you when you get past those headline numbers, things don't look that good for the. Well, average I'm going to ask you this, and I asked my boss John Katzmatidis, who's about as good as businessman as you'll ever meet. I'm not sucking up to the guy. I'm under contract. Uh, he knows. Uh, okay. Listen, I, I I could say I'm not under his contract contract with him either, and I'll agree with you 100. Right. Guy's made $4 billion in 10 different types of uh, businesses. And I asked him, and he's in the oil business, the energy business. And we know, of course, that a lot of the economic issues come back to oil and drilling here and uh, independence. But I did ask him, I said, hey, John, is it possible, is it possible to lower inflation without raising these interest rates to the point where you can't get any money from any bank? Nobody wants to buy a house I mean, they're destroying the whole market. Is it possible to do that? And he thought it was. Do you? Yeah. I mean, it's not. I mean, you got to realize the monetary and fiscal experiment of that began with Trump during the lockdowns, but, you know, was really sort of, you know, just exploded on the Biden uh, is unprecedented. Okay. So to put that genie back in the bottle to correct this sort of, I mean, by the way, you just, it wasn't just like you have inflation. You had you had market inflation. You had stocks that you had literally new asset classes coming out of nowhere. People were trading dog coin. Remember those coins? Yeah, I do, of course. Coin. Yes, but that that tells you just how crazy things were because of all this money sloshing around. So there would be. I I think there would have to be some. They have to normalize interest rates at some point. Maybe not to where it is now, but they would have had to raise interest rates no matter what. That said. There is a supply side um, argument here, which I believe in, that if you ratchet back regulations, if you let businesses give the supply, make it a lot easier for people to drill for oil, right, to produce stuff without massive government regulations that you see out of the Biden administration, which permeates the entire economy. I mean, listen, they tried to stop Microsoft from buying active some, some, some video game thing. Because they thought it was like anti-competitive. This is, we're talking video games. <laughs> Think about where they're yeah. buying this. I mean, yeah. they care that yeah. Microsoft is buying. I don't even like know what Activision Blizzard does. It's, it's it's one of these video game companies. But they thought if those two companies merged together, that would somehow give Microsoft some 
wicked edge in producing this crap that kids watch. I mean, it, it, it was, it's the stupidest thing in the world. Um, and that's what they're focused on, and that permeates the entire economy. So John's right. If you ratchet back that type of regulation, businesses are freed up. They do what they need to do. They could, we could, we can handle some of the inflationary pressures. I, you know, I'm a, I disagree with him on this. They needed to raise interest rates. I mean, this is, you just can't keep printing something. I mean, think of it this way, Sid. When was the last time you've created more of something and the price of it doesn't doesn't get devalued? Almost never. Almost never. And that's what they did with the U.S. dollar. Yeah, yeah. Where is it now? Um, I don't think we're in. I don't think we're in horrible shape with with the dollar. It's not a run on the dollar right now. And with interest rates coming down, though, the dollar gets weakened, by the way. And that's a good question. Dollar weak. Let's see what it says. Um, it looks like we're okay. Dollar okay. drops to yeah. three-week low as okay. the Fed. So so this is interesting. The, 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 the Fed, the market is bet, betting. This is, like, so weird. I mean, you, we could have your whole, your whole program talking about this, you know, Jerome Powell may raise rates four more times, by the way. Larry Fink of BlackRock was on Fox Business saying that. There is a market bet that they're almost done. Um, so if, if you believe they're almost done, the, the dollar will weaken a little bit on that. Well, they'll raise it uh, a quarter each time. And if they do that four right. times, now you've got yourself a full point. Um, that's what Larry Fink says because it's but, 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 but didn't they tell but, but didn't they tell me about four months ago? Didn't Joe Biden and his Fed tell me they were going to stop raising interest rates that they were just going to add a point five one more time and that was going to be it? Didn't they say that? Yes, um, you know Joe Biden, not directly. That was Jerome Powell. Right. But, it was uh, yeah. Theoretically, theoretically, there's some daylight between the two, right? right. The right. Fed and, and the White House. Uh, yeah, yeah, but it, inflation is still above the target even though we raised it a bunch of times. Yeah. Well, it's uh, it's an interesting uh, deal, this whole Bidenomics thing, and uh, what Trump is going to be able to uh, prove to the people how well he did with the economy for the better part of three-plus years, and that does become a huge part because we can talk all day about Ukraine and Russia. We can talk all day about China, Taiwan, and all that stuff. And what people really care about, Charlie, is you know with the election not that far off right now, is how we doing here? How can they take home most of their paycheck? How can they make sure that going out for a $100 dinner ain't going to make them broke for the entire month? And that is yeah, where, no, that's where Trump kicked Biden's ass. Kicks well, his yeah, ass. Yeah, he, he, he did. But, you know, listen, if I'm being intellectually honest, Sid, which I'm going to try to be here, um, he sowed the seeds of some of the stuff. Uh, just well, but so what? I mean, I mean, listen, listen. We had, uh, uh, in the last, uh, I don't know, 50 years, you'd agree, Charlie, we had uh, our best days under Bill Clinton. And while Bill Clinton gets credit for the great economy in America enjoying themselves, we knew back then it was going to be the same thing, too. He let all these mortgage companies and dot-com. You knew eventually well, someone was going to pay the price. Well, wait a second. Bill Clinton had, a, you know, his economic policy, you could ask Larry Kudlow about this, was very supply-side-ish in his second term. He was pushed by Gingrich and the Republicans to cut capital gains, to do yeah. some certain things that were very good. I, this is the problem with Trump. Now, I think you got to go back to after, you know, right around the time of the election in 2020 and after when he said he still was winning and look at some of the stuff he was pushing through, some of the spending measures that were, I mean, it was, it was kind of a weird time where he kept 
spending doing stuff that's not really conservative. Now, you can argue about it. I thought it was setting the stage for what we see now. Biden, though, tripled down on it. And I think, you know, if there's any weak part of, of Trump's economic agenda going forward is that last, you know, sort of quarter yeah. of his presidency yeah. where we knew we were coming out of COVID and he probably should have stopped spending. Yeah. I hear you, but it was unprecedented times, and it sounds like I'm defending him. Uh, yeah, because I love him, and I, and, uh, I just don't care. Uh, <laughs> but uh, listen, you are great, and your columns are great, and you're a genius, and every time you're on, I know I learned something, and I'm much smarter than most of my audience, so they must learn something. So <laughs> thank you for coming on, Charlie Gasparino. You're great. And I got and I got to watch Graves Ed because I feel like I know some of those people. Yes, you do. You know a lot of us, and I really do want to hear what you have to say, so watch it. Okay, season two, Graves End. All right, buddy? I will. Charlie, great job. That's my friend Charlie Gasparino.